kids first coming attractions before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the voice america empowerment channel we'll take you behind the scenes interview celebrities and review new movies tv shows and digital releases now here are your hosts from kids first coming attractions Welcome to Kids First Tummy Attractions. I am Alejandra Garcia from Miami, and today we will be talking about the 25th anniversary on The Swan Princess, The Adventures of Peter Rabbit, The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About That, and finally, Abominable. First, let's talk with Southern Young on the 25th anniversary of Swan Princess. Those of you that don't, that don't know, Swan Princess is the world's most successful independent animated movie franchise with the hundreds of millions who have seen the first movie. And this month, it is turning 25. So, hello, Selden. How, have you fe- how do you feel on having 25 years of this great trajectory? So, I want to put one word in there that's really important. Independent animated film franchise. And I, I, I tell you, I'm really humbled by the fact of what's happened, that we have so many fans that reach out to us and have seen The Swan Princess worldwide hundreds of millions of them. And it's become such an enormously historical film that to be able to have this presence of this independent film still alive and being able to hold a 25-year anniversary is uh, is uh, uh, amazing in our eyes. Yes, absolutely. And what made you pursue filmmaking? And what made you like feel inspired to follow that dream? How did I get started in the film business? Well, actually, I'm an entrepreneur, and I I kind of fell into it. So I started this with producing 22-minute religious and historical films, did about 80 of them. And in that process of dealing with a director who is Rick Rich, he was doing such a wonderful job with them, and he had come up with this idea of doing the story of Swan Lake, but with with the great ending. So it's loosely based upon Swan Lake. And he showed me the storyboards that he had started to create and asked if I could help in figuring out how we could launch a movie rather than these 22-minute sequences. And that started it all off. All of a sudden, I have this great opportunity that's going forward. Right, yes. And I assume that, you know, being responsible or having collaborated into such an amazing industry or to the Swan Princess um, company, what um, roadblocks or what challenges did you confront when you were building this staple? Because it is 25 years and that didn't come for free. That was hard work like in behind the behind. <laughs> So there, there's a lot to that question, actually. Um, there, there were many, many, many roadblocks that we ended up having, obviously money being one of them. But not right. having, having any experience in releasing a film in theaters, um, we were behind the curve all the time trying to figure that out and then how to then market the film. Finding distributors, unfortunately... We had many distributors climb on board with us, and we started to license uh, products out there. We could see the traction, but the number one thing we were struggling with is getting the film done on time. That right. any film company right. that works on films, you want to start them, and then you have to redo many parts of them. 
And that I, I was frustrated with that we had to do it over and over. But that's what makes a film really good is you have to keep redoing it, and especially in animation. And so some of those roadblocks that came up were difficult. And even from the standpoint when we, re- we released, we struggled in the box office. And by struggling right. in the box office because of its original release and the time and competition that, that uh, came right on top of it, it wasn't the greatest release. And as a matter of fact, some people say that it was a flop where I never used those words except for somebody else's words, <laughs> to where it became a magical film over yes. 25 years in many, fa- in many homes and families that they watched the video because it became the number one selling video in 1995 in a period of a week. Millions upon millions of videos were sold worldwide, and all of a sudden it started taking traction. And you just had to stay with it. You had to have patience you you had to have uh, you know a lot of resolve and and uh, uh, you know a mind of steel to get through it. But that's what gets to the point where you have success and you have the ability to have other films done around the Swan Princess. And as you may know, we we released Swan Princess nine in August and. We're going to have the DVD, the 25-year anniversary Blu-ray for the first time of our remastering of the of the uh, first film. And we're working on Swan Princess 10. Yes. Well, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about the 25th anniversary of Swan Princess, that Karanta knows a lot about that, and Abominable. And to continue with you, Southern. Um, touching up on the subject, I mean, throughout the years, it has become obvious that it has become, I mean, maybe in the beginning, it wasn't much, or it wasn't clear that it was going to be successful, but now, with the 25 years passing, it has been very successful throughout the years. But what was your inspiration to um, follow that route of animation, the fantasy theme that is within the movie and the industry? Like, why not another theme on the movie? Well, our director, uh, Rick Rich, uh, had previously uh, come out of Disney and had directed The Black Cauldron, Fox and the Hound. And he really wanted to do a story that was typical fantasy with love behind it and and, and a great story that weaved in and out that there were opposing things to that love. And constantly working on that script for a year to two years before he finally cracked it and ended up having me come forward and my other uh, producer, Jared Brown, come forward to determine this sounds like a great story. But it was all about the typical fantasy story that you see in Love Triumphs Evil. And how do you, or what advice would you give the young audience that is listening to you right now and have an aspiration or want to follow that route of film? What would you say to them that you learned from your own experience? Yeah, what would I say to them is the first thing they, they've, they've got to figure out how to build confidence in themselves. Yes. They build confidence I in the se- themselves. They can start to overcome those obstacles a lot better. And the second thing is, is this is this is famous in our film. Have no fear. You will have fear, but overcome that fear by saying, "I have no fear. I can overcome these obstacles." 
And by doing that, it's amazing from the confidence level, the positive attitude, the positive attitude that I'm going to overcome that fear will help get you a lot farther towards success in your endeavors. Yes, I agree. That is a great message to the young audience that is trying to follow that route. Um, Me, myself, that would be, I mean, that advice is really, and you were talking about, you touched on the subject that um, there's a new movie coming out. Can you expand a little bit on that new movie that's coming out for the industry? Okay, so we had Swan Swan Princess 9 come out in August. This is the closest we've come to building a film that is, you know, as good as the original. I mean, the, the, the different kinds of things in the story are really emotional. It gives a lot of feeling. It's a wonderful film uh, that came out in August, and then we'll have another one come out, Swan Princess 10, next year. And the one that came out this year was uh, Kingdom of Music and mm-hmm. uh, has lots of music in it. It's a lot of fun. Um and uh, has a lot of diversity in it, which is is quite interesting that we build into this uh, this particular friend, uh, particular film now, Swan Princess Nine. That is a, such an accomplishment that not everybody can say. What have you learned throughout all these years, throughout all the experience that you've gained, through all these projects that you collaborated on? So. Um, I, I think it uh, is important to know that Swan Princess, by releasing Swan Princess 9, puts us in a very elite category. Name 10 film franchises that have nine or more films in their franchise. It's very difficult to find. And the other thing, and, and I'll get to the learning part, the other thing about this film is it's the last uh, the original Swan Princess, the last fully hand-drawn, hand-painted yes. cell animation film. And the there's US. about 600,000 cells and hand drawings to create the original Swan Princess. So what I've learned in this process, you never know when you create something that becomes so iconic. And, yes. and it wasn't that I planned this. It just happens. And it happens because you had a wonderful crew, a team that worked on it. They loved what they did in doing the hand drawings and hand paintings and came up with unbelievable uh, storyline and and love and connection and character. And then you had to have somebody that could distribute and get to the public like Sony um, Home Entertainment did for us. And then what happened is the fans became fanatical. That's where fan comes from, fanatical about our film, watching it over and over and over again. And they became our advocate. And you sometimes cannot see this. I was blindsided and I learned from the standpoint, sometimes you just go on and it creates itself. Yes. Well, it is such, it's really nice hearing like that, all this work came behind the successful franchise that has 10 feature films and is right now having its 25th anniversary. So congratulations. Well, thank you very much. And I, I hope everyone goes out and takes a look at some of our sites, the YouTube uh, Swan Princess and our Insta- official Instagram for Swan Princess. You'll find out some new things that we're going to be doing and learn about what we did 
to create this film. And we're celebrating all of those things at our 25th anniversary, which is going to be October 24th, with a streaming event of our, what we're calling the Pink Carpet event. Absolutely. We will, ha- we will stay in touch like, with all the information. Thank you for being here. I had a great time talking to you. Well, thank you for including me. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Well, let's take a break. I'm Alejandra Arcia from Miami, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Math. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. On the Right Road with host Paula Phillips has arrived at Voice America. With remarkable heart and realness, this popular program brings inspiration, ideas, opportunities, and help to teachers and parents around the globe who work daily to guide kids on the right road in school and in life. Join the Right Road family of kindness, uplifting, and support. Tune in to On the Right Road, live every first and third Sunday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and we were just talking with Selden Young, who was the producer of Swan Princess, and right now we are talking with Catherine about The Cat in the Hat Knows a Lot About Camping, Season 3, Volume 2. How do you do? Um, I do very well. How about you? <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, so, you know, I remember talking about one of the last, I think it was the last season, and, you know, I got a good idea of how it's like, you know, there are a lot of episodes, sort of short, contained story stories. So what were your overall thoughts on this? Um, I really liked it. I mean, I always enjoy watching The Cat in the Hat. I always watched it when I was younger, and they're still doing very good. I mean, overall, I think it's... Good, and I recommend it. Was there, like, an overarching story, or was there, like, a different story each episode? There was a different story each episode, um, but they all, I mean, they 
all had all the same characters. I mean, a couple new characters, but, you know, all the same main characters. Um, you know, the cat, uh, Fish, Sally, Nick, all those people. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I think they were all different. Did you have a favorite episode? Okay, that's really hard, but I think my favorite episode was Enough is Enough because, I mean, it just shows how to be a helpful friend. Sounds like an apt title for, for such an episode. Uh, are there any, like, notable voice talent? or? Um, yeah, there is Martin Short. Um, he has a great voice for the cat. You know, he can do a lot of different voices. He played Shrek. He's, he's played a lot of other things. And so I think he has just the perfect voice to play the cat. Any others? Um, not that I know of. But, you know. <laughs> so what were your overall thoughts about the animation? Like, was it the same every episode? Yeah, the animation was pretty much, like, it was... It, the continuity was good. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just kind of the same. Um, but, I mean, I think it's a really nice type of animation. I mean, it's kind of simple. It's cute, though, you know. Do you think you could compare with animated movies out in theaters right now? Um, I mean, it just depends on the type of style they use to animate. Um, I mean, you know, the cat in the hat is not really focused on my age range. <laughs> so I would have to say, like, you know, movies in the theaters. But this is, like, a pretty good show to watch at home when if you're younger and, you know. All right. Is it? Oh, also, I was meaning to ask, is it hand-drawn animation, or is it just, like, computer-generated? I think it's computer-generated. Um, I mean, it doesn't look hand-drawn, but it's, you know... I mean, it's simple, but it's detailed enough to be, you know, CGI. So, yeah. Very interesting. Who is your favorite character? My favorite character is the cat, because, I mean, he's always just so happy and I appreciate that you know did you, have sec- uh, did you have a second favorite character um probably fish fish is really silly really? Oh, and things and the things thing one and thing two are hilarious <laughs> yeah as always I, I especially love the things I just remember reading those books as a kid they were great you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we are talking about, we were, have, we were talking just with Selden Young, who's the producer of Swan Princess. The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that season three, volume two, the adventure of Peter Rabbit and Abominable. And we are continuing our discussion with Catherine about The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that season three, volume two. So have you seen the previous seasons prior to this? Um, yes, I've seen the season two, volume two, and, you know, I just, yeah, I have. So, how does the quality compare to that? Is this your favorite one yet, or is it kind of a down, downturn? You know, I think they're all great. I, I love them all, you know. Love That's good to hear that they're keeping up the quality. Uh, do they hold a lot of good messages in the episodes, like, Yes, yeah, um, like, you know, kid, it's teaching kids to kind of be, like, curious, and, of course, the value of friendship, because, you know, they're all kind of friends there, 
Um, and learning is fun, because learning is most certainly fun when you're watching the cat in the hat. Really? That's good to hear. So, I know, like, a lot of these movies, a lot of times they'll have, like, segments where they'll start counting or doing math. Is this, like, one of those movies where they kind of, like, teach the kids about math and science, maybe? Well, I mean, yeah, they teach the kids about science. Not really math, though. Um, I mean, I think there's, like, one or two episodes, you know, that may do math or something. I'm sure it's not something that they focus on, though. I think they more focus on, you know, having fun and also, like, teaching kids, maybe. Like, one of the examples of the episode was, like, uh, clouds. And so they were wondering if they could walk on clouds. So they were... They had to journey to find out if they could walk on clouds or if they couldn't. Very interesting. Did you have any issues with um, this season, or did you feel it was overall pretty good? I felt that it was overall pretty good. I didn't. I, I mean, I don't usually have problems with these DVDs, but um, yeah, it was overall pretty good. But you did. You did say you feel it's it could be too childish for, like, older older viewers. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say probably, like, three to eight. So you feel like adults couldn't watch with the kids, or maybe? Well, they could. I mean, if they enjoy seeing their kids have fun, yeah. I mean, they could. I mean, they'll think it's funny, you know, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, That's it's good. not an adult show or anything. Yeah. Do they still have things that adults could laugh at, maybe? Like, maybe something that the adults will pick up on, but kids won't? Um, I mean, I didn't notice anything like that, but, I mean, no, I don't, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So, Catherine, is there anything you'd like to see in future episodes, like, going forward? Oh, yeah, well, I'd like to see, you know, all the same positive messages and more, because, I mean... You know, you should always, I I would always expect, you know, Cat in the Hat to have, like, um, teaching kids to be curious, the value of friendship, and learning is fun. But I hope there's also more positive messages like that, too, um, depending on, you know, what the next DVD is. Um, Yeah, so I also want to see, you know, uh, some new characters, um, which they usually have in every episode. Um, Yeah, that's what I'd like to see in the future. All right, that's good to hear. What would you say the age rating and the star rating is? Okay, I give it a five out of five stars. I mean, it's just perfect for younger kids. Um, and I would say younger kids within the age of three to eight. And, I mean, adults might also enjoy watching this with their kids. Um, you know, they might not. It just depends on what the parents like to do, you know? All right. Thanks for uh, this discussion about Cat in the Hat, Catherine. Thank you for talking. My pleasure. Let's take a break. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by A Little Wolf's Book of Badness. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. For teens, by teens, and about teens. Tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself. Every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. And check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Arjun from Brunwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Coming Attractions. We have been talking with Seldon Young, who's the producer of Swan Princess, an old 90s movie, and with Catherine about The Cat in the Hat, knows a lot about that, season three, volume two. And right now, I am talking with Izzy about The Adventures of Peter Rabbit, a very special thing to talk about, because this is, in fact, a play, right? Yes, it is. And what were your overall thoughts about that? Well, I really, really, really love musicals and stage plays. It just brings something out in me. I really just love them, and it was really special to me. I just, I found a lot of joy in watching it. That's good to hear. Where did you watch this play? I watched this at Theater West. So do they hold, like, a lot of Broadway-style events? Yeah, they do tons of little shows, and... There's this little thing that they do called Storybook Theater, where they just do tons of storybooks for young children. Very good to hear. What is the overall plot of this? Well, it's Peter Rabbit, so there's a rabbit named Peter Rabbit, but it's a little bit changed up a little bit. Mr. McGregor's a lot nicer than he would be, and there's a grandma, and there's lots of different things in it that makes it a little bit different than the original Peter Rabbit, which I think is pretty cool. That's good to hear. So how was the costume design? Because, you know, they're dressed up as rabbits, I'd assume. Well, it was pretty good. They normally dressed like humans with little tails attached to their shorts and they put on ears. So that was kind of like the big um, costumes. But... It, you could see them as bunnies. It wasn't like, oh, it, these aren't rabbits. It was like, oh, these are rabbits. 
That's good to hear. So do the rabbits speak, of course, right? Yes, the rabbits speak. So were there any notable talent at this play? Um, well, the talent, they were all really, really great actors. Um, well, there are just different things all around. A lot of the talent I saw was mostly in, of course, the acting and the singing, but also in the set. The set was beautifully painted and there were vegetables that actually looked like real vegetables and it was just so nice. I really loved the scene. Very interesting. Did you have a favorite performance? I really liked it when um, they sang Sibling Rivalry because I can relate to it and it was just an overall fun song and I really enjoyed it. Very, very interesting. So how much of the play is uh, musical numbers? Is it like a bit of story in between or is it all musical numbers? There is a story in between and it's not, not like all music. It's there's a story and then there's music and then there's a little bit more story and it. It really evens out everything. I don't think there's too much of anything. Is there like any action scenes of sort or is it very, you know, just calm and, you know, peaceful? Well, there is one scene where Mr. McGregor chases Peter Rabbit everywhere, and it's really fast, and it's wow. (laughs) And they come out onto the stage, and they come down into the seats and intertwine everywhere, and it's very fast in action. Wow, that's cool. That's actually a first I've heard. I've never encountered that at a play. Uh, so were there any, like, really neat effects, like, you know, maybe strobe lights or something of that sort? Well, I think the coolest effect that I saw was when they were singing, parts of the backstage were, like, moving. Like, plants were growing, and there was, like, rain, and it was, the background was just really cool. Very interesting. You were listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we, are, we have been talking with Selden Young, who's the producer of Swan Princess. The Cat in the Hat knows a lot about that, Season 3, Volume 2, and eventually Abominable. And right now, we will still be, ta- we will be continuing our discussion about the adventures of Peter Rabbit with Izzy. So, how does this compare with other musicals you've seen? Well, there was a lot of audience participation. They called up people from the crowd... And you could do stuff with them, and you could sing along, and there was a lot of different things that you could do as well as they could do. Wow, that's really interesting. So, like, do the audiences essentially become a character in the story? Basically, yeah. In in fact, one time, they assigned us little characters, like you could be a turkey or a pig or a cow. And it was really fun because you got to moo or gobble or oink or ba. And sometimes you could come up there and pretend like you're a little rabbit. So it was really fun and different than others. Definitely. I would have loved to be a little rabbit. Um, So did you get to meet any of the talent behind this amazing production? I did. I met Ashley Fox Linton, who played Cottontail. And I met Kathy Garrick, who played Nana Bunny. Um, and all the other cast, like Alex and Mash- Mashakian, 
and I got to meet the director, Anthony Gruptoso. Very interesting. So do, do you think they have a sequel planned out for this? Like they might have a second part or so? Well, I felt like it was pretty concluded. Everybody was friends. Everybody was happy. And I felt like if you really wanted a sequel, I don't think it would fit in well. Hmm. Interesting. So it's more of like a one and done thing. Yeah. Uh, is this inspired by any books or movies? Well, it is inspired by the tale of Peter Rabbit, but they changed it up a little bit. Um, not really anything other than Peter Rabbit. All right. And what were the most notable changes? Well, actually, Mr. McGregor and the bunnies became friends. They all forgave each other and it was happy and everybody kind of knew each other and everything worked out perfectly. Do you feel these changes are better than the original? Well, it depends on the audience age. If you're an older child, you might want to see the actual rivalry between Peter Rabbit and Mr. McGregor. But I think if it's for younger children, which this one is, it would be best to leave it like everybody's friends and nobody gets hurt. Very interesting. So what were some good messages you'd say you got from this? Forgiveness is very important. If somebody does something, you should forgive them. Also, friendship is important. Friendship and forgiveness are both very important things, and I think that's really what they were going for. Very interesting. So would you recommend this to someone who is into Peter Rabbit but not really into musicals? Yes, because music this the music here is fun and it's kind of happy, but there's not too much of it. I think if you're a real big music fan and you want all the music everywhere in every little spot, you might want to see this, but it won't have all the music. This is perfect for little kids because it it won't bore you. It has things and it goes blah, 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 and everything happens like boom, boom, boom. All right. Very interesting. So what would you say the star and age rating is? Well, I would give it a four out of five stars. The only reason it's missing a star is because, you know, it's not the original story, but I think that's okay. Also, the age rating would probably be uh, children three to maybe six because um, it's a little bit for it's definitely for younger children. I think if you're an older child or if you're an adult, you'll get bored easily. But I personally didn't because I just I, I liked it. I was entertained. All right. Thanks a lot for talking about um, Peter Rabbit. Thank you for having me. No problem. Let's take a break. I'm Arjun from Brentwood, Tennessee, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by A Little Wolf's Book of Badness. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. 
We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Join the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday afternoon for the Empowered Kids series. It's two hours of programming geared toward our younger listeners and our young at heart listeners. We kick things off with Express Yourself Teen Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Then keep up with your favorite movies on Kids First Coming Attractions at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. The Empowered Kids series every Sunday on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh. Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Alejandra Garcia from Miami, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about the 25th anniversary of Swan Princess, the adventures of Peter Rabbit, the cat and the hat knows a lot about that, and right now we're going to talk about Abominable with Arjun, that's 17 from Tennessee. How are you, Arjun? Doing pretty well. How are you? Good. I'm doing well, too. Well, to start off, can you tell me a little bit about what the movie is about? So, it, and... She kind of comes in contact with a Yeti who are believed to be a myth almost, but, you know, now they're real and right in front of her. And the Yeti's being chased by authorities who sort of have corrupt agendas of their own. And she, uh, Yi wants to return the Yeti back to its family. Because it's lost or? Because it was taken away from its family. Oh, okay, okay. And... What do you think about the animation on this movie? Because um, I was when I was looking through the pictures, I, I mean, I noticed it was kind of different. Not like it wasn't your typical like animation for your movie. So, what was your point of view or, or your opinion on it? Uh, it was absolutely beautiful. I think that the DreamWorks animation follows a bit of the same animation from like Shrek to like Megamind. For right, example, yeah, but I, I think I, I think too. it just looks beautiful. Like even the newest How to Train Your Dragon was great, mm-hmm. um, but Abominable is exactly like that. You know, with the advancing technology we get in nowadays, a lot of the stuff looks photorealistic, even when it's not supposed to, because you know it's it's animated. But they they do it in a neat way. Yeah, I mean, now that you touch upon the subject, I mean, it's incredible how like with the past of the years, like the animation, the editing, and the special effects got better. Like with each year that passes by. So, like, what do you think? Or, like, what amazing thing that you saw that you hadn't seen before in another movie made you, like, notice, like, wow, like, it's really advancing, the technology used in movies? Yeah, for sure. And 
I mean, what was your favorite scene? Because it looks like a very interesting plot. Not your typical, like, you know, fantasy adventure movie. So what was your favorite scene? I really have two scenes, but uh, one is definitely Jin's walk through the jungle. Just because the character is kind of straying away from adventure. You know, he's a bit of like a ladies man and he and kind of just builds up right. this facade of he's all brave and stuff but he's really not brave every time he sees like a like a bad guy or something he just freaks out but this is kind of <laughs> like his character defining moment where he's like yeah you know what i'm gonna be brave and just go through the jungle and then take up all the challenges which i thought was a really funny scene but it was also you know great character development i also love a scene where he's like fixing a statue of sort by playing I also forgot to mention the inclusion of a violin, which is very important to the movie because she can play a violin and together with the Yeti, they can like magically um, right. fix things. And uh, Coldplay's Fix You is playing during that scene. So I thought it was a very oh, touching scene. Oh, yeah, definitely. If that song is in there, definitely. Yeah. It's a very magical moment. And they use a violin to like them to, they, they, they play it together and they fix like it's like a magical moment that fixes like whatever's going on or? Pretty much. Interesting. And looking at the cast behind the, or like the voices behind the characters, um, you have like Sarah Paulson. It's it's a very talented cast behind those voices. So did you think um the actors like fit with the character they were portraying, or what is your oh. opinion on that? Oh, definitely. You know, like for once they don't have white people playing, you know, Asians or voicing <laughs> that sort of a thing. I oh mean, my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw but, that. Uh, oh, the actor that's playing, or like that's not playing. That's like the voice of Yi is Chloe Bennett, which which is not an Asian actress. So yeah, your point, your point is correct. Yeah, she's. She, I think she's half Asian actually, but like I think that all of the actors are. Well, cast yeah, but not well. completely. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, I especially enjoyed Eddie Izzard, who plays Burnish, who's like the main bad guy, and it's it just it was perfect. Like, I don't know how they got such perfect casting. I could just imagine him as, like, this just this huge, like, big honcho guy. But I think Sarah Paulson is also really good. I don't think that anyone's typecast or anything. I think that it's a individual role suited towards the voice actor's strengths. Yeah, right. Yeah, but when I was looking through the cast and what, or, like, who played what, like, behind the voices, like, I saw, like, Sarah Paulson and all, the, all these actors that have, like, a great trajectory, so... Yeah, it's a very interesting touch to, to the movie. And um, going back to, you know, like, them having magical moments in the movie, did, did, did it teach anything to the audience? Like, have, like, a life lesson or, like, any message that they wanted to send to the audience? Uh, definitely. Always to be open to your family. There's a subplot right. involving Yi and her dad died because of a terminal illness, I believe. And... Uh, she kind of keeps the violin as a memory of the times that he taught her to play. And of course, a violin, it's its like one of her main passions and interests. But she's also like very distant and astray from her family um, because of this tragedy. And I think that the movie gives a great message that we should always be open to people and sort of share our hurt and be empathetic with others. No, yeah, that's a very interesting and very, you know, very applicable lesson that they're teaching the audience. Well, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about the 25th anniversary of Swan Princess, The Adventures of Peter Rabbit. The cat in the hat knows a lot about that. And right now, we're talking about Abonimo with Arjun. 
So, so go back to what, what, what you were saying before, that the violin plays a very big role in the movie. I'm assuming, and you also mentioned that like a Coldplay song is in one of the scenes. The soundtrack must be very amusing and very, you know, attractive. Do you think that, or like, what, in what ways does the music make a difference in all the scenes in the movie? Um, I don't, I didn't really notice any other, like, songs which okay. are used i think okay. it was just cold place fix you but i think that the overall soundtrack is very good um because it does have a soundtrack right i mean it's the only song that's playing yeah i think it's a it's it's used in a critical scene in the movie and it's very important to the scene but i feel like right. that's the song it's not like a huge soundtrack list of like okay. songs and that sort of thing no yeah definitely and do you think there's going to be like a sequel to the movie or do you do you think it's just going to stop there like was the ending like uh like a plain ending or do you think there's like a little hope or a little open space for like another sequel of the story because from what you told me it seems like a very interesting plot um that's a good question i feel like they could just get away with making a sequel i think it's been very successful <laughs> at the box office but at the same time it kind of closed off in a in a very fulfilling conclusion Right. Uh, but it still leaves doors open, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a one-and-done thing, nor would I be surprised if they made a sequel. could go anyways. No, yeah, my friend's brother was saying that they wanted to go watch it. They were, like, super excited, and now I'm kind of excited, too. I want to go watch yeah. it. It looks interesting from what you're telling me. And, I mean, if you had an age range for it, what would it be? Uh, I think I'd go with this. You know, like, towards a young audience, but what would, what would you say would be the age range for it? Um, I would go with a 6 to 18. Um, maybe younger kids might get frightened by a few scenes. Uh, it's not a very heavy movie at all. There are some heavy themes, but they bounce it out with a lot of, you know, comedy. There's there's well, a lot right. of... Lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And I think my... Did you ask for the star rating, too? Um, yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'd give it a 4 out of 5 stars. I just do feel that some scenes drag, and it felt way longer than 90 minutes. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on who's watching. But as you were saying before, it's, um, I mean, it does, it's, it's heavy on what you're saying, like on what it teaches or like, or maybe like it has a deeper, like, meaning on like all the scenes. But I mean, again, it is like a fantasy slash adventure movie. So like it, it entertains while like teaching. So I yeah. mean, it depends on who's watching it, to be honest. Yeah, and, I don't, I don't think it's I mean, anything a six year old couldn't handle, you know. No, yeah, because, I mean, six-year-olds w- would be entertained on, like, the whole, like, magical, yeah. like, vibe and the colors, animation, and then maybe yeah, for people, sure. like, older powerful. would get, like, what they're trying to portray or, like, what they're trying to show behind the scene. Right. It's kind of similar to, like, Smallfoot. You didn't see the resemblance? Uh, I, now that you bring it up, I definitely do. I remember that being, like, a movie that came out last year about Bigfoot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the animation is kind of, like, similar, but, yeah, a completely different, like, um, plot and all. And Yeah, they, they both got yetis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, does the, like, how many characters, like, interact with the Jedi, or, like, how would you describe him or her? He's, he's kind of like a, he's childish almost, but, uh, Right. How do I explain him? He doesn't really talk or do anything, but he interacts in a very human way. And 
I think that the dynamic between him and Yi is almost like one between a pet and its owner in a way. Yeah. Well, definitely, it's a beautiful and magical movie from what you're telling me. And it is definitely a must-see for both kids and adults. So thank you for being here with us. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, as to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kids Phone News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Little Wolf's Book of Badness. I'm Alejandra Garcia from Miami. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.